This is Dr. Justin Moody from the Dennis Implants and Worms podcast and owner of Implant Pathways. You are listening to hashtag P-O-D, Podcasts of Dentistry. This podcast is sponsored by Rocketbook. I hate wasting paper. If I could, I would not use pen and paper at all. But I love the feeling of writing and drawing with pen on a nice paper. Somehow, I feel I'm connected to it, but always hated the fact that I cannot bring my drawings or ideas to the digital world. Now, Rocketbook is the exact amalgamation of both the physical and the virtual world. Hear this. You can draw or write on the Rocketbook, take a picture with the Rocketbook app, and magically, it cleans the picture and sends it to Google Drive, Evernote, Dropbox, OneDrive, OneNote, Slack, Box, iCloud, iMessage, or even classic email. Just configure the symbols once, and that's it. You snap a picture, and your drawings or plans or notes are right in the Drive or Dropbox, or anything that you choose to send it to. Once you're done, simply use a moist towel, yes, a moist paper towel, and you can erase it, only to be used again. Simply saving paper. Simply head over to podcastsofdentistry.com slash rocketbook. Hello, Pod Nation. This is your host, Dr. Pangs Dingra, and welcome to Hashtag POD, Podcasts of Dentistry. This session still offers a great quality content, which is still relevant today. And I would encourage you to listen to this session with my guest. He indeed has an interesting story to tell. So please listen to hashtag POD. Well, we'll also call it as a bonus episode. Thank you. Today's session is with the podcaster, Dr. Bilal Saib of The Passionate Dentist. This is really a special episode. And I thoroughly enjoyed this episode with Dr. Bilal. I do my own editing. And every time I heard the podcast, I smiled. He's not only a dentist, but also a podcaster and a triathlete. He discusses everything from podcasting to Trump to life. Oh yeah, you heard it right. Trump. We talk about his podcast and why he is in hiatus doing any more podcasts. Where is he focused now and why there is such a change in focus? For someone who is not interested in the process of learning about podcasting, please skip to 15 minutes and 55 seconds. He shares his tips and tricks to start exercising and remain healthy. He shares his passion for teaching and his favorite books. He also explains what does he mean by giving back to life and why is that so important. Talking about everything, he opens up his secret of happiness and his secret of being successful. This episode seems like a classic episode to understand all the little nuances in life that I can listen to it again and again. I hope you like this session as much as I do. Please enjoy Dr. P. I listen to very few dental podcasts these days, honestly. <laughs> well, there's, there's just so many of them out there. There's so many out there. It's just, when I started, yeah. really, I, there was only right. two. You know, there, there's... You know, David Malley, you know, the relentless dentist and Gary yes. Takis. And and that was about it. And then 
uh, I looked at I looked at the dental world, and I was like, "There's got to be more dental podcasts." And I kept looking, and there was nobody right. there. There, there was a there was a dentist who had released uh, seven episodes in California, whose name I'm I'm forgetting right, right. now. But they were they were for the patients, not for for uh -huh. dentists. And so she was talking about you know cosmetic dentistry and this and that. But she only released seven episodes, and I don't think she ever released any more. And and my opinion was, uh, right around that time, I was having some foot issues, and I was going to the foot right. doctor. And I thought, you know, I would never ever want to listen to a foot doctor <laughs> talking, you know, because I'm not a yeah. foot doctor. So. And so releasing episodes to the general public about dentistry was just, it just made no sense to me whatsoever. And so that's why I created, you know, the passionate dentist. And you know, actually my wife's the one that came up with Great. the name. Uh, and so we talked about it for a while and she says, well, how about the passionate dentist? I said, well, there's kind of a risque kind of a, a feel to the name. I was like, well, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm passionate about dentistry. I'm not passionate about other things. I mean, I am, but, this is not about passion. It's about dentistry. And she's like, well, I guess it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so, and so I created it and I said, well, let's just do it. Let's just see what happens. And I kept going for almost a year and then I got burned out and I stopped. And then I came back in 2016 and did that for almost for, for pretty much a whole year. And then 2017, I got burned out again. So I'm off a little bit for a few months and then I'll come back again. It's just, it comes and goes. It's like a very expensive hobby, you know? And, uh, but, but, you know, like it was slim Pickens early on. It was just me, David Mellon and Gary, Gary Takis. There's nobody right. else. So were you, were you listening to other non-dental oh, yes, podcasts? Actually, um, I, I'm a big fan of, uh, Tim Ferriss and, uh, uh, Pat Flynn. I don't know if you know Pat Flynn, but. Uh, oh yeah. 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 It's more well, smart yeah, passive income yeah. or something like that. So I don't know how I got into smart passive income thing but I'm sure I was looking up something and then I realized okay I like this guy's attitude and whatnot and then listened to him then attached came to then I came across a couple more finally I came across Tim Ferris and um, uh, Tim Ferris is the one which I like the most among all uh, they're longer long form podcast episodes but uh, I think uh, right and that's why Sometimes I don't like to start because then I have uh, it going at the back of my mind that I have to listen to it and finish it off. And <laughs> and uh, sure. I don't really have a lot of drive back from, from, work to, from work to home and home to work. It's just 10 minutes away. So uh, right. I, cannot, I can never finish a podcast episode. So, uh, so I thought, you know, I have to do something uh, in podcasting because... I want to know what you guys, how you guys are managing, I should say, uh, so many things. Um, how did you do what you do? And uh, the idea came up with uh, Tim Ferriss because this is what he does too, you know, kind of tease out uh, how the person is able to handle or is successful in whatever field you are in. So that's where... Well... Tim, Tim Ferriss, and I used to listen to right. him a lot, and uh, I don't listen to him anymore mm -hmm. because, like you said, there's just so many great podcasts out there, and I just don't don't listen to that. Um, but he does have a great podcast. I've read pretty much all of his books. 
I've watched a lot of his videos on YouTube and, and right. stuff like that. And uh, uh, the, the thing about Tim Ferriss is he does have uh, an entirely large marketing team that works for him that, that helps make sure he grows and he has support systems. Us small-time dentists over here, you know, we, we have to make a exactly. living. And, and it's not going to happen through podcasting. Sure. Uh, I thought it would happen through podcasting. Right. <laughs> And even guys like, you know, Alan Mead and Jason Lipscomb, and th even those guys are not making a living sure. off podcasting. They might have a teeny bit of support, right. uh, a little bit of support just, just for the cost of the equipment and maybe the feed and, and Lipson or whatever some of these, uh, you know, as media uh, hosts are. But, but their, their, their income from their podcast is so small that it's just it's, – it's a really, really expensive hobby. It's very hard to make money in yeah. podcasts. Very difficult. Certainly. And, uh, and last year, last year in 2016, when I, uh, when I restarted the, the podcast, I even hired a full-time employee, a full-time young college graduate – uh, who knew all about sound and stuff. He's the one that helped me buy all these equipment and the soundboard and, and these microphones and the software and all this yes. other stuff. And uh, and we tried so hard. We found a sponsor and we wanted to get advertising slots. And it was just so difficult. It was so difficult, in including him. And at the end, you know, after about nine months of employing him, yeah, basically I took less money home just so I can keep him there. And my wife and I had a, you know, uh, what what they call here in the U.S. is they say, come to Jesus conversation, basically. <laughs> and she's, uh, she's like, okay, so let me see if I can get this straight. We're not saving for our kids' college fund because we don't have enough money, yet you're paying a college graduate to, you know, you know, 30-some thousand dollars to keep your expensive hobby. Are, are you... And, and she was right. You know, I had to... I had to stop that. I had to mm -hmm. stop. And so, and so it's, it's just I don't know anyone who's actually making really any money in the dental world, in dental podcasting. I don't know anyone. So, But, but it, is a, it is a fun mm -hmm. hobby. It's a, it's a fun hobby. And I can tell from your voice that you feel comfortable talking in public. I am not sure. I, am just I, a dentist. I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm learning from you. That's good enough for me to, you know. Uh, well, you know, uh, Although I'm kind of a just general introverted guy, um, public speaking has never been an issue for mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. uh, in, in high school and even in college, I was uh, I was on stage. I was on, I was an actor. Well, I would do some acting. I wouldn't say I was an actor. I would do some <laughs> acting. So stage, con I don't I don't really have any stage yeah. fright. Like some, like somehow, if somehow tomorrow somebody said, "Bilal, come over here. We want you to give." a one-hour presentation right now on the spot, I would probably be able to come up with oh, something. Oh, okay. And so I'm just microphones and public speaking just doesn't scare Great. me at all. Uh, and uh, it'll be like that with you too. Eventually it just becomes, if, if, you're, if you have any public speaking uh, issues, it'll, it'll go away. But um, but uh, so let me let me get this. Uh, are you going to launch or continue uh, taking any more episodes or not? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. And so 
absolutely and, and the reason and the reason why i stopped is so you know I, every year i, I kind of have this focus and last year was i focused on podcasting and what guess what suffered my practice suffered a bit practice yeah my practice yeah. suffered and so this year you know i started off doing some podcasting and it was taking so much of my time because this time remember i don't have uh an employee doing all this stuff. Last year, I was producing three episodes a week. You know, one long oh. format, one tips and tricks and stuff like that on Fridays, and then, and then uh, uh, um, people who'd write uh, emails and messages and even call me and leave messages for me and stuff like that. I used to answer those questions, and I, I was doing pretty well with that, and I was having a lot of fun. But it was it was costing me my practice success, and I fell behind. Mm-hmm. And so this year. You know, I hired a, a consultant who actually eventually I'll have her on my podcast. She and I talked about the saying and, and I told her, I said, you know, I want to put you on my podcast. She says, no, Bilal, you need to be focusing on your practice right now. After you <laughs> after you and I reach a certain benchmark, then yeah. I'll go on your podcast. And and that's when I that's when you know this is a good consultant who cares more about you than herself, basically. Right. And so and so that that's that's one of the reasons why I work with her. So anyways, I'm working with her and she's helped me get my practice in order and this is going to take a while, but you know, I'll probably put this episode out relatively soon. I have one episode that I'm going to record next week and then I I think I have one more after that. So over the next few weeks, you'll start seeing my episodes slowly coming back, but it won't be on a very consistent basis. It's more like, all right, I got somebody here. Let's, let's talk about this. Right. Right. So, As I understand, you started a um, really long time ago when there were only two podcasts, two dental podcasts. What made you, what made you start? Um, what made you actually start into podcasting? Well, I thought I was going to make a lot of money. And, uh, uh, okay. I, I, <laughs> and so, and, uh, hey, it's I, nothing, and there is, the there way is nothing happened. wrong in getting money, right? I mean, <laughs> No, there's nothing wrong with money. It's uh, I, I thought I was going to be this hotshot uh, person, and and ultimately, I, I guess I should have um, thought about it more because Gary Takis has has a very successful podcast, yes, um, and uh, and he wasn't making really any money from the podcast. He he basically uh, he probably finds some clients because he's a consultant. But that, that's probably yes. how he makes his money. But the podcast kind of helps him, uh, you know, helps him gather some clients and stuff like that. And he is—he's a very, very good consultant, by the way. So I, I've spoken with him many times. Sure, uh, he's a great guy. So this is this yes. is not—I mean, it's, that's just—it's just—it just works for him. It's just our, but that's because his—it's his business. Our business right. as dentists, by podcasting to other dentists, we're not gathering any business. <laughs> if that makes any sense. So I understand. Um, uh, I know, like. Uh, For example, Dr. Anissa Holmes, she yeah. is into the Facebook University and talking all about the Facebook marketing. Right. Uh, I think that's how she gets into the game of, you know. So that is also what my research all about podcasting ended up being, that nobody makes money. It's just a way to present yourself and your your um, attributes or your your best part, what, you, what you're good at. and make that as your advertising platform directly or indirectly. But 
but you mentioned Anissa Holmes. Anissa was on my uh, was on my podcast uh, maybe about a year ago, and she <laughs> is she is a powerhouse. She knows what she's doing. She knows very very well. And uh, she was at the uh, Voices of Dentistry Summit. And yes. she, she's a powerhouse. She's very, very smart woman. Very smart. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, and it's funny her her the lady that works with him, uh, with her, excuse me, with with her, is actually a friend of mine here in here in Raleigh, uh, Sarah. And uh, and occasionally Sarah and I will meet and just talk shop talk. Basically, she's a practice manager for a friend of mine. Yes. And uh, and she she basically helps uh, Anissa with some of her work, and she says, I mean, Anissa is just an amazing, amazingly successful businesswoman. It's just and supposed to be a very good dentist too. So I suppose you know, I suppose that that's how it goes. But but Anissa has got a powerhouse, and like like we said, her money or her income doesn't come from the podcasting. The podcasting supports her other business basically, so it works for her. Right, right. Well, that's yeah. the part of the money issue, but. Um, so uh, apart from the dentist, do you think you have any other target audience, um, who would be benefiting from your podcast? So I tried, uh, to make it more about the entire dental team, you know, for assistants, for hygienists, for lab techs, but it seems Mm -hmm. like it's always about the dentist and I have not been able to really focus or not necessarily focus, but make it so broad that everybody listens to it. Yeah. So I, my assumption is that most dentists don't want to listen to an episode about dental assistance. And yeah. probably hy- hygienists don't want to listen to an episode about dentists or dentists don't want to listen to an episode about hygienists. And maybe, maybe so. You know, I've had hygienists before. I've had uh, assistants before. I've had all kinds of people on the podcast. But it seems like Whenever I've whenever I've tried to vary the topic, it it seems like my listenership goes down. I can you can actually track these things. That, that's the beauty of podcasts. Right. So right. you can actually track it. And whenever I've had the uh, topics that do not interest dentists, the listenership goes down. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> so so obviously my main listenership is our dentists, basically from just around the world. And um, so anyway, so, so the, the short answer is, yes, I, I tried and, and I still kind of try and but but it gets uh, it gets tricky, you know, and and who's got the time to sit here and think about all these things? You know, it's, you know I, I got teeth to fill. I got crowns to fill. I got implants to restore, you know. Yes. Yeah, you know how this goes. Sure, sure, sure. And that's what that was uh, another reason for me not to get into podcasting. So religiously for the same reason i wasn't sure if i would be able to you know give those hours because i opened up a new dental office uh in 2016 mm-hmm. in may of last year basically and i i knew i would be busy in a new practice uh now it's kind of settling down i know uh so i have some extra time after hours after friday hours and then that's that's how i i'm uh, thinking to you know pick your brain basically uh, about the whole podcasting and how we can how we can all benefit from this. Um, that's why that's why I'm into podcasting. But I get to know you. I, that's, that's the best advantage uh, I can I can get from you. And sure, I mean, and that's the thing. One of the things that happens, you get to talk to all kinds of interesting people and 
and cool people. You get to talk about all kinds of good stuff. I mean, I had, uh, I mean, I had Bill Dorfman on my pod on my podcast for heaven's sake. Mm-hmm. Although I don't think the interview was that great, but <laughs> but <laughs> I had Bill Dorfman on my on my podcast. I mean, he's one of the most famous dentists in the world. You don't get to talk to cool people like that very often, you know. Yeah, and uh, so it was it was kind of cool. You know, you get to talk to all these people. Uh, I mean, it's so. Probably having Bill Dorfman was one of my favorite uh, episodes. Great, I was going um, to ask you. Yeah, one of my most interesting was Dr. Roy Shelburne. Roy, yeah. Roy was. Uh, I met him last year at the ADA meeting. He was literally yeah. sitting across the hall, across the aisle from me, in some lecture, and the person next to me said, "Hey, do you know who that is?" I was like. Uh, no. And they said, that's Roy Shelburne. I was like, uh, who's Roy Shelburne? And she said, he is a, um, he's, he's the guy that went to prison as a dentist oh, okay. <laughs> because of tax stuff and, and stuff like that. And, and I spoke with him. I, so I walked up to him. I said, I met him for a while and we talked for a little bit and what a wonderful, what a wonderful, what a wonderful guy to talk to. And, yeah. And and he'd been on multiple podcasts and stuff like that. So we had a great time. So interviewing him was just fantastic. Learned so much. Sure. So he's you know he's one and um, Lee Brady. I interviewed her a couple of years back, maybe three years ago. That one was a very fun. Everybody, yeah. I mean, I had so many downloads of that episode. It's it's crazy. You know, it was it was um, it, it was wonderful. I, I really enjoyed that. And I'm trying to remember uh, what the third, what another an interview may, may have that I liked. I'm trying to find just some three topics here. Now, let me look through my website here. Sure. Uh, oh, you know who I liked interviewing? I actually loved interviewing um, Chris Salerno. Because uh, Chris Salerno, he's the uh, editor of Dental Economics. Dental Economics. Yep. Uh, we had a yep. lot. We had a lot of fun uh, conversing because you know he's uh, he he looks at. Not, he, I mean, he's a dentist, but he looks at dentistry from a completely different uh, perspective. Mm-hmm. From, uh, from and, and the thing is, I do love reading dental economics, which is probably why um, talking with him was great. He actually emailed me a couple of days ago, um, okay. asked me. He, he he actually asked me to to publish some stuff on his um, on the on, in dental economics. But yeah, I was like, you know, I could. Uh, I said I will one day, but I didn't really. I haven't taken him apart, um, but but he's he's offered you know a slot for me, but I'm I'm not exactly sure what I would talk about. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe after I get my practice going, I can talk about what I'd learned about working and how change is difficult and blah 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 and stuff like that. Maybe I don't, I don't know. That, that that's my I think uh, you could talk about your experience from you know how your practice wasn't doing as great as it should have, and now how the consultant helped you. Sure. You'll probably grow from from A to B or A to Z, whatever. Sure. And uh, that would be a good learning experience for uh, you know new dentists like me, and sure. I'm sure the new dental offices which are coming up everywhere. And um, I think that'll be a good topic, um, even for a podcasting. As you said, you're going to talk to your consultant about it once you're once you're there where you want to be. Right. Right. And. Um so, anyway, so regarding my consultant, like I said, when it seems like every time I want to do anything, she shuts me down. She says, "Listen, <laughs> you, 
you, Bilal, your, your attention deficit disorder is coming through again. You need to focus. <laughs> she keeps shutting <laughs> me down. And not because she's bad. It's just, uh, I, I just want to make sure I'm you know, keeping focused on you know, what, what needs to be done at hand. I'm really good at gathering stuff <laughs> that I should not be doing. And, and, uh, so anyway, so we'll, um, yeah, I'll, I'll probably publish something there. And if I get good readership, I might you know, start printing some more, but I'm not really dying to write as much as I'd like to po- uh, podcast. Hey, yeah. did, did you see the last episode of uh, dental economics? Not the episode, the last uh, edition of the, uh, dental economics. Uh, no, not really. Whatever. Oh, you have to see it. It's it, it, the whole episode. The hell episode. I keep saying episode. I'm a podcaster. The whole edition is concentrating. Or they have this big article about the podcasting. Yeah, it was. And uh, yeah, and and then uh, and then I, I was one of the featured ones out there, which was kind of fun actually. And and the funny thing is, even though I haven't released an episode in a while, suddenly I saw this uptick in all these downloads. So I guess people there you go. listen to my podcast. There you go. So a lot of people started subscribing to it. So I guess this. I guess I have to release more episodes. Yeah, there you go. Um, I think um, uh, you are more like a clinical person. Am I right to understand the way I was? trying to read and uh, follow you up for, um, you, you know, on, on Facebook and everywhere. seems like you do quite a bit of implants and, you know, your, your prosthetically driven practice in total. So I am a restorative dentist. Okay. So restorative means I reconstruct mouths and bites and occlusion and, and aesthetics and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't like to call myself a cosmetic dentist because everyone's a cosmetic dentist nowadays. No one's an ugly no one's an ugly dentist. No one's a non-cosmetic dentist nowadays, which kind of makes no sense. Yes. Or aesthetic dentist or something to that effect. But but I I I was uh formally trained in prosthodontics, but not in a residency, in more of a fellowship. Okay. So I did 2 years of hospital dentistry. I did some I did GPRs. And then, um, but I've always liked prosthodontics, so I came back to North Carolina here in college, and I did a prosthodontics fellowship. Okay. And uh, learned a lot about implant reconstructions. I even taught a couple of courses in the in the Department of Prosthodontics as part of my training, basically. Okay. And so, so I do a lot of reconstructions and restorations, and all on six, all on four, zirconia over hybrid, zirconia over zirconia, hybrid over hybrid. I do all all these things and. And I work with with some. I work with a very very good surgeon here in Raleigh, who's who's a super powerhouse of placing implants in the in the, in the, in the right place. Right. <laughs> so we work we work together quite often. I send them a lot of patients, and um, it, it's just it's just it's a it's it's a beautiful. But it is my natural thing to do reconstructions and implants, and uh, that's what you should be talking about you in a podcast too you know i think that would bring you in more patients from the rest of the world i believe so you know i could i could do that but i don't you know like i said i don't think patients actually listen to these things that's that's the thing and it's not yeah. just that and then you know honestly there's uh you know dentist implants and and worms out there that this is a great podcast and i really i'm not dying to take his podcast and and um um, um so i don't know i mean i i i could talk about implants but again, that's that's going to be well, focusing more on the patient instead of more on the dentist. Well, do you think? Um, I think uh, you would be the way you sound and with your experience and your 
your education, you would be a good teacher for the dentist too. You know, hey, I can teach you blah, blah, blah. I am good at all in four, all in six. Uh, like, to be honest, somebody like, somebody who's got experience like you, probably I would like to learn from you, you know, especially when I'm a dentist and I'm trying to, how do I say, improve my clinical sure. skills along with along with the rest of the, the business skills and, you know, all the different hats we wear at, as a dentist. No, I, I get it. Um, I mean, it's just, uh, I'm not dying to go into competition with Justin Moody because uh, he, that's, that's what he does. He, uh, and, and that, that's exactly what he does. And he's, he's an amazing powerhouse at, at teaching those, but, you know, but then again, sure. he, he also teaches the surgical part. I, I don't lose surgery. I don't, I don't place implants. I only restore them. I, I work with surgeons, right. and he and right. I actually—I I was on his podcast uh, one one uh, one uh, one time because yeah, he and I—it's it's funny at the Voices of Dentistry meeting, we uh, the yes. night before or the second night we were there, uh, we were out drinking basically, and he and I had this interesting discussion about whether we should put zirconia over zirconia or zirconia over hybrid or hybrid over hybrid, and. Uh, and he's like, oh, my God, this is so important. You must come and interview with me. You have to be on my on my podcast because you're, you're giving it such great arguments. And so the next day I go down there, and he likes to interview like four people at a time. And uh, okay. he made sure that okay. I was the only interviewer because he was like, no, you got some good stuff to say. You have to, you know, you have to share your thoughts with us, <laughs> whatever. So, you know, um, so he he's a surgical and restorative guy. I'm just a restorative guy, and I guess I could teach it, uh, and I have taught it more locally. But you know, I like my practice. I'm not dying to leave my practice and go travel elsewhere and teach people. And I I don't know. Um, yeah, you know. Anyway, I, I kind of went on a big tangent <laughs> here. I'm, I'm sorry about that, but that's fine. Hey, hey this, that's <laughs> why um, I said it's going to be a long form of sure. podcast. You know, people would know you. People would know what you really are, you know. Um, that's why my questions are not only based on the podcasting, but pretty much around your life. As I said, I'm inspired by yep. Tim Ferriss. He goes around the tangent so much. Um, <laughs> so um, I cannot be like him. He's, he's awesome. But uh, at least uh, the idea is that I can learn from, you know, the, the thought process that you have and everybody else, you know, who listens to this podcast, you know. Uh, the thought process that you have, what makes you decide what to do, what right, to do, right. etc. So, you know, anyway, so I, I do love podcasting. I just love this, just sitting in front of a computer and talking to interesting people like you. But um, <laughs> it's, it's just, it's, it, it is a time-consuming thing. And it seems like everyone who's ever done podcasting has to, at some point, con you know, ask the question, do I want to continue or do I not? Why am I doing this? What am I getting out of it? And, uh, you know, about six months or a year ago, I decided that I'm going to continue doing this more for a hobby than anything else. And uh, right. if I'm going to do it, it's just if it's going to be a hobby, it has to go down the totem pole, basically, not not. I'm not. It's not way up there. It's way down there now. So you know, I got my family. I got my practice. I got my mission trips. I got my tri I got my triathlons. Right, right. I'm, a, I'm a triathlete. I do Ironman stuff. I know, and then I there's know. podcasting. And so it's kind of in that order. 
And, you know, I'm not going to give up my triathlons for podcasting. I'm not going to give up my mission work for, sure. you know, for podcasting. So when I have time, I do it. When I don't have time, I don't. And that, that's really all it is. Like I said, it was easier when I had somebody working for me because he would do all the legwork. I'd just show up and record and talk and then just leave. And then poof, the next day it's on the Internet and the website. Everything's done. You know? Well, I'm sure I'm sure there's some um, somebody was discussing on Dental Podcasting Incubator uh, that we do have uh, some other guys who are being paid hourly or, you know, uh, for, for the podcasting and editing the podcast. I'm sure you can find somebody cheaper than $30,000 which you were spending on, I'm sure. And so <laughs> so I do have somebody that works with me. Um, but he only, you know, he basically does yes. the editing and he uploads it and upload, you know, updates the, uh, the the website, which is, you know, which is the majority of the thing. But he does not like to dictate. He doesn't like to take notes because that's not a specialty. And so he's an audio guy. And so, and he does pretty well. But there's so there's more to podcasting than just recording and releasing, recording and releasing, recording and releasing. Uh, because well, because you have to find what the do you people think? to interview you uh, to, to interview. And then if you look through my email feed right now, you get inundated by people who are yes. trying to get on your podcast. Inundated, and most of them are right. digital marketing people. Oh, I can get you SEO, 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 oh SEO. Oh. <laughs> We can get you, you know, Facebook reviews. We can get you Google reviews. We can get this marketing, marketing, marketing. It's it's just I and 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 they're getting better at hiding all this stuff. They get better at hiding right. these things. They make it sound right. like they're in, they're they're about something else. And then when you get them on the show, they it's just a big infomercial about what they're trying to sell, basically. And uh, and so it you have to weed through this stuff. So. Finding finding people to interview is uh, is difficult, and that takes time. You have to email people, send them all these questionnaires, and they don't email back. And you have to contact them and follow up with them. And it's just it just falls through the cracks. And then they email you saying, "Hey, what happened to our interview?" And it's just, uh, and, you know, it's uh, like I said, I love doing it, but right now it's kind of on the on the back burner, not in the front burner. You know, it's <laughs> it's. it's, it's but it's it's gonna come back. It's gonna come. Back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's fine. I mean, I think, yeah, sure. I think it's all about just the phase, um, um, especially especially when somebody who's done it so many times and uh, who enjoys talking to it. I think at that phase, when that's my understanding. Correct me, you know, that when you started, nobody else did it, or Doctor, yeah. sorry, Gary Takas did it, and Doctor Malali, he did it. Um, nobody else did it. So you're like, oh, I, I could be the next next big guy and you know at that stage probably the consultation and you were focusing on your practice at that time that time anyways it was growing and then i think when your practice right. didn't do as great as you expected last year that just changed your focus for a bit well, i mean i fully plan to like back. i said i, I mean it's the, the, the platform is there the foundation is there i mean i got inside this closet with the insulated exactly. walls and I got these equipment. I mean, it's all there and that's kind of half the battle to get everything ready. Uh, the technology's here. Uh, I need to work, I need to get yeah. my internet speed a little bit better inside this closet. That's uh, unfortunately, that's one of the issues, but um, I mean, it's, it's all working. <laughs> it's, it's just a question of, uh, I'm not going to put all the other stuff in my life aside 
to do this. And, and if I have to, this one has sure. to stop first. Yeah, and, sure. and that's all it is. It's an issue of priorities, you know? I think, sure. I think everybody uh, has a phase and um, you, you would be there. So you've been, you've been all around doing Iron Man and how do you have the energy and the time to do, um, I know, to do all of that? I mean, it's tough. I mean, I am just a general dentist, not doing so many things. And sometimes I, I'm surprised uh, how you even handle. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the, in the same respect, so what would be your morning ritual? Like how does your, when does all your right, day so begin? So something has to, how do you, and I don't watch TV. Right. If I don't watch TV. It's very, okay. maybe in, during the entire week, I may watch an hour or two. That's it. And I'd rather be doing something else okay. than, than watching TV. My day usually starts uh, sure. between 4.30 and 5.30 every morning. And so either it's me doing homework okay. for, uh, with my uh, consultant working on my practice or it involves me going to the gym and doing a certain workout. Either it's a swim or a, a, a very heavy stair climber or sometimes I just go outside right here and start running in the dark basically. Uh, and, and that includes weekends, right. by the way, for example, this Sunday, I'll be up at four 30 okay. because at six 30, I'm going to do a five hour, 80 mile bike ride. It's part of my training. And so, um, you know, okay. I finish usually on the weekends. I finish before noon. So I come home and I spend some time with the family and the kids and also the stuff with the kids activities and stuff like that. But, but I don't watch TV. Uh, I don't, I mean, I am on Facebook but not really on Facebook. You know, I don't sit there and post a lot of stuff and, you know, like Alan Mead and stuff. I mean, Alan, Alan's amazing. He's so good at capitalizing on his uh, listenership. He's so good at these things. And, and he's a fun loving guy. I love the guy. So like, I'm not like that. Sure. When I was, you know, when I was seriously podcasting, I would not sit there and post as much as he does. You know, he, he just knows, he, he knows his, uh, he knows sure. his sure. audience. But anyway, so, I mean, it, so my day starts at, you know, between 4.30 and 5.30. It depends. If I want to sleep in, maybe until 6 sometimes. Maybe tomorrow I might sleep in until 6 o'clock and that's it. Which means I'm in bed most of the time by 9 o'clock. Okay. And so, it's, okay. <laughs> and so you see, and dentistry is somewhere in there for about eight hours a day, basically. And if, if that makes any sense. So usually I work sure. out right after work or right before work. And on the weekends, it's first thing in the morning, basically. Uh, and I mean, how, where does podcasting fit? Well, Fridays, usually just, you know, today's Friday. And, uh, and wouldn't you know it? There's so many people that I yes. try to interview. A lot of these hotshot dentists, they don't want to work. They don't want to do interviews on Fridays. Guess what? Because they're lecturing and presenting and they're traveling the world on uh, Fridays yeah. because they're practicing dentists the rest of the week. So they all want to do it on Thursday or Tuesday or Wednesday or Monday. And so I can't right. dedicate, you know, Fridays only to podcasting. I tried. And you know, if you're going to do it, you'll notice the same problem. Yes. <laughs> so, and uh, Sure. No, yeah, sure. Because, you know, these hot shots because... that anyone of you, they're not available on Fridays. Or they are, but they are like six months ahead or something. And then That's true. a week before, they say, oh, I can't do it. They, call, they text right. you and they say, I can't do it. I'm busy. And... Uh, and you can't blame them oh. for that. So, yeah. 
so I just fit it anywhere I can. And that's one of the reasons why I'm just kind of, I'm kind of pulling back a little bit, but you know, I know I keep concentrating. I, I keep saying that I'm pulling back, but like I said, it's, it's not forever. It'll, I'll come back. It's, it's just, I'm taking a little bit of time off. That's all. So, but, but this is fun. I'm actually, I'm actually enjoying the fact that I'm actually behind the uh, microphone again here talking with you, you know? <laughs> well, um, no, I, I think it's, uh, it's, Sometimes, sure. sometimes you just have to go back to, you know, uh, after a little break and you go back and you enjoy more, isn't it? So I think that's what it is. Now, uh, coming back to your huh? Ironman uh, training. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. To be honest, I'm a lazy guy. I'm a really lazy guy. <laughs> I'm a really lazy guy. I thought that, you know, I'm going to get my um, gym membership and, um, you know, I, when I start paying for it, I'll go for it because I'm paying for it, um, even though it's not too expensive, but I thought well, I'd at least start going. Right, I guess. <laughs> guess what? I'm not going. <laughs> so my question is, what motivates you? What motivates you to go and do this, I don't know, 26 miles, 70 miles, cycling, 100 miles, swimming for two and a half miles, doing tri- I was looking at your pictures on Facebook. It was amazing. I was like, even if I do, you know, a, a fraction of what you're doing well, be awesome. uh, so how do I motivate myself uh, I'll tell you and this this is uh, people are always looking for some kind of magic okay and I'm going to give you the magic formula right now you sign up for a race okay <laughs> okay <laughs> alright that's what you do <laughs> you sign up for a race you sign up for a for a deadline, something that has a deadline. The problem with gym memberships is it doesn't come with accountability. It just mm-hmm. it just comes with. So I'm a member. You know, I'm a member at a gym too, and I keep going because right. my coach tells me to go because I'm training for something. So and that something right. is is race day, and that's that's what's happening. So you sign up for a race. Right. And that's when you get motivated. And just so you know, waking up at 4.30 in the morning, I don't wake up saying, yes, I'm going to go run for an hour right now at 4.30 in the morning in the dark. (laughs) Motivation comes after the workout, not before. So the waking up at 4.30, and you don't have to wake up at 4.30, okay? No, 99% or 99.9% of people in the world don't do Ironmans. And I don't expect everybody to do Ironman. So if you sign up for a certain race or a certain event, then it becomes much more uh, likely you're going to go because you've put expectations and you let the entire world know that you're going to be doing this. And they have expectations and they wait for you to do it. And so it becomes – and you get a coach who basically expects you to do it. It's their job. That's, That's the job of the coach. And that's when you go. So just just signing up just for a, right. a membership in the gym is part of that, but it's not the solution. Signing up for the gym isn't isn't the solution. I mean, that's how gyms make money. They sign up a hundred. They sign okay. up a hundred people, knowing only you know twenty yeah. of them will go to the gym ever. That's they they sign up hoping that nobody comes. Yes. Basically, which <laughs> is kind of funky, you know. So, well. That reminds me of one of my assistants. She paid yeah. in advance um, for the whole year. I said, uh-oh, don't do that. Yeah, and, and it's, um, 
She never was. And, and, it's, a, and it's tough, and I, and I get it. I've done that. I, I wasn't an Iron Man my entire life. I've done that too. You know, uh, I, I get it. I get it. Uh, Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, so what would you like before somebody gets into getting into a coach and, uh, you know, how would you motivate or at least start <laughs> telling somebody, a lazy person like me, hey man, get, get up and do it. You know, um, what would you, how would, how do you think my, my thought process should change? I understand you want me to, you know, not want me at least want someone to sign up for the race and the motivation would come after, but still, you know, taking the initial step, I, as I said, I need something, something from someone like you. Well, tell me, tell me what have you always wanted to do? I wanted to, you know, really make good, a lot of money, to be honest, which that was when I was a kid, I should say, in a sense. It's because he's talking about motivation, you know. <laughs> I want to take. I mean, yeah. I want to make a lot of money too. But I'm being uh, honest with you. <laughs> but uh, I mean, if you want to make a lot of money, then then, then you you know you want to be able. To, my opinion is you want to, you do what I do and and be able to really start looking at the numbers in your practice. And if you don't understand the numbers, then you have yes. to you know you get a consultant or a coach that that you trust. Who's going to look at the numbers with you and explain the numbers to you and see, yes. you know, read it, make choices according to the numbers, and obviously don't make clinical choices according to the numbers, right. but you make life choices according to the numbers to make the numbers better. But that's that's really no different than than athletics, because really a consultant is nothing more than a coach. Okay, they just understand something something much better mm-hmm. than you do, and so like I have a. In, my consultant is actually officially my coach. She's actually a practice coach, but she's also a consultant. So I basically have two coaches. I have an athletic coach and a, okay. and a, um, and a business coach. I even have a marketing coach. I got three coaches. Right now. And, okay. uh, but athletic yeah. wise, athletics wise, in your case, you want to sign up for something that you feel like is difficult but you know if you put your motiva- if you had motivation you could achieve it if you had motivation you know you can achieve it for example if you look at the fall right, right now it's in august you know, we're kind of beginning of august or whatever if you look at a november half marathon find a november half marathon okay. it depends on which part of the country you're in november is the best time of year to go running by the way Mm-hmm. Uh, and sign up okay. for it, and then you're gonna say, "Okay, now I have to find how I'm gonna do it." You can any almost anybody can do a half marathon in about three to four months. It may not be great; it might be a little ugly, but you okay. can do it. What that means is it's it's difficult, but it's achievable. <laughs> so you do that. Once you achieve that, you're gonna say, "Wait a second, this is fun. I can do more." So you sign up for a full marathon a year in advance. Yeah. And then once you start achieving that, you're like, gotcha. oh, my God, I'm having a great time here. But but by, by signing up, that's that's how you do it because you know there's a deadline there and you let your you know, your wife and your kids know, you let your mom and dad know, you've, you've let your patients know. Everybody's expecting you to do it now. 
there's all these expectations. And that's where your motivation comes from. Right. You know everybody's expecting. Okay. And okay. and you can kind of do the same thing with your practice, except <laughs> I don't want to tell you know my patients and you know other people about how my practice is doing other than it's doing great. You know, <laughs> you don't want to tell them, oh, I made you know a million dollars last year or something. You don't want to talk that numbers, but that that that's a different sure. motivation. So you sign up for a raise, Panks. Right, right, right. I understand. <laughs> I'm going to do that. Uh hopefully and um I I'm, I'm by the way I'm in the okay. East Coast. I'm based out of Connecticut. So um maybe there is one in uh Boston which should not be too far from here. Uh, Where in Connecticut are? Uh, look into it. I'll certainly look into it. Yes. Uh did you know New Haven? So I'm just a little outside okay. New Haven this is well, a town called you Grand find Hood. multiple races um, just within 50 15 miles of you yes. you'll find oh, really? if you just do a google search about half marathon or 10k or a 10 mile run you find all kinds of stuff around sure. you yes yeah. so you don't even have to sign up for a half marathon you can sign okay. up for a 10k 3 months from now but once you sign up you let everybody okay. know you signed up okay You know, no, no, but that's that's lazy, you said you wanted motivation. I'm telling you, if you want <laughs> cheap or free training plans, okay, you go to halhigden.com, h a l h i g d o n.com, halhigden.com, and there's all kinds of free, completely okay. free training plans up there for you. Okay, that's how I ran my first half marathon. Oh, cool, halhigden.com, and uh, and that's and once okay. you do that. and you accomplish it and you get that medal or whatever you're like oh my god i did it and when you once you realize that you can do it got you and you did do it right that right. becomes yes I, i don't want to use the word addiction but it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy basically you know that's what it is it, it's you decide you gotcha. prophesize that it's going to happen you do it and i'm not saying you need to do ironman i you have to be a little crazy to do it okay and uh, i have to be a little insane and uh, <laughs> but that's that's how i began well i think um, uh, yes i, I should say, tell you that you no are question. crazy huh? you, do. little, you have to be just a little bit you have to be you, you, you know it's i mean who who else in their right mind would do 140 miles in one day who else in their right mind Wow. <laughs> it's just it is but but it's you know it keeps me focused, it keeps me sane and it's it's an expensive hobby but it's I like it, you know. It, otherwise I'd be eating a lot of food and watching a lot of TV shows. So I I choose not to do that. Gotcha. So that's so right, right. All right, so, so Sure. Um um some other questions uh, which are related to um you know some these are not rapid fire questions but they are similar questions which probably you ask uh, but idea is sure just to get you get to know you better so the best purchase that you made in the last year which is between 100 to 300 dollars that impacted your life the- in a positive way That's interesting. It could Jeez. be anything. Could I be did anything. not prepare for this question. You you just you just, you just shot at me right right from uh, my <laughs> blind spot. 
The best $300 or between $1 and $300 purchase that I made. The best. Hmm. So for my practice, I'll tell you what I what, what I did. This is actually, it's not sure. even $100. This is like like 60 bucks. okay? I, I went on eBay Great. and I bought a small little pulse oximeter that the patient can wear on their wrist, but it also, you know, it attaches to their finger and it helps screen patients for sleep apnea. And it's quiet and it's really, I mean, these machines are usually very expensive, but you get them from eBay and it works beautifully. And then it's like 60 bucks or something like that. If a patient says, I don't think I'm sleeping well or my husband, whatever, I just whip this out and give it to him. I say, here, just take this. Put it on. Right. This is how you turn it on. Here's some instructions. And then uh, tomorrow or next week when you come back, just bring it back to me and just turn it off. And then you hook it up on your computer and it gives okay. you all the data of what happened with their pulse oximeter, whether their O2 saturation went down or up. And that is a very, very small. And the thing is, it's only 60 bucks. So if they have sleep apnea, at least you sure. can screen for it. it. Because otherwise, when you do a home screening, there are all these thousands of dollars of machines out there that... I, all I want is to see what's happening to the oxygen level, you know? And then I said, does your spouse right. say, you know, you snore? I said, well, I do. Well, do you know you have sleep apnea? Well, maybe I do. I don't know. I Sometimes, you know, my wife says I, I might. It's like, here you go. Just put this on and try it. It's this little machine. It's, if you do a eBay search for pulse oximeter, wrist pulse oximeter, it's like 65 bucks or something like that. Sure. And, and if somebody steals it and throws it or burns it and runs over it with a car, it's only 60 bucks. It's not going to kill you, you know? Yeah. And I, I've gotten it back 10 times that I've given it away. And it, and it works beautifully. And I've screened a few people. And I've given like five people saying, hey, you may use a good chance you have sleep apnea because your O2 saturation went down a couple of times in the middle of the night. But it's not very accurate, how did but you, it works. Uh, so. I have to presume that it is not diagnostic, actually, but it only gives you an indication. Yeah. It's just a screening. Yeah, it's just an indication. Right. I, I'm not making a diagnosis, and I don't want to. I don't want to become a sleep doctor. I mean, that's that's what neurologists and sleep doctors and pulmonologists are for. I'm, I'm not dying to become a, a sleep specialist, but I want to, once they right. figure out that they have this condition, and most of the time, the if patients are not very clear whether they have it or not, they're mild or moderate. And so they go to the sleep, I tell them, hey, you, need, you should go get a sleep study because it looks like you may have it. You're not just snoring. So they get a sleep study and they come back and say, yeah, they're mild and moderate and say, well, guess what? If you're mild and moderate, I can make you an oral airway device, a tap three or, or one of these devices. I like, I like making tap threes. So that's, that's my device. But so, you know, if you make one tap three device, it's already paid for 10 of these little arm band watch, you know, wrist, it looks like a watch, basically. it's all it is. I don't no, know. That's, that's, that's great. just my little. It's great. Tip, I think the, for, for practice, whether it's, it's a, the medical, work. dental, and clinical podcast doesn't matter. It's yes. it's about you. You know, um, I think it's a it's really good. Um, somebody like me, uh, I've been looking on and off between sleep apnea. I'm not sure. Do I really want to treat? Um, I am in the group uh, called Sleep Today with Dr. Armin Mirzayan. Um, I'm sh- I'm sure he, you know uh-huh. about him, and. Right, yeah, I do, yeah. But I have not had him on the uh, He's a funny guy. Podcast, I, mean, I, I met him is, yeah. in November of 2016. Um, 
uh, in one of those blue sky bios implants courses uh, him and dr cory uh, taught me uh, amazing amazing good course amazing good course um, i've done quite a bit after that because of the teachings and when i met dr dr arman and he was amazing he was so funny um, he was so down to earth and i was impressed i wasn't expecting him to be uh, as down to earth to be honest he was <laughs> and i think he's into uh, sleep yeah. uh, sleep apnea a lot um, in all the way up in california yeah like i said i don't i mean i i know the name i haven't i haven't i don't know i'm sure. I, i don't know him personally right. i have not interviewed him but i'm sure he's yeah, yeah. a very nice guy so <laughs> so but i mean i i got into it early on i got into it uh sleep apnea stuff about 10 years ago but okay. it is such a small part of my practice that it's you know i'm doing so well with implant reconstructions and general prosthetics that i just don't i mean i have this and i screen for it with my new patients what do you think i'm sorry to interrupt but what um, do you think um a general dentist a ahead. new general dentist who's graduated like 5 years uh, out of school and he wants to learn um the reconstruction aspect from you how much time i know it's it's never ending i know but at least to get the ball rolling how would you think uh, how long would he need to be around you or learn from you in one of the courses probably i'm just curious um well the the funny thing is i i can teach somebody the entire way of completely teaching how to start and finish an implant reconstruction full zirconia okay. over full hybrid that's what i do oh, cool. i can teach all of that in one day but and i even have literally step by step i've written i've oh. lit- i actually wrote a book about it last right. year not a book it's like a manual and i was going to publish it i haven't yet but but it, the reason with one of the things that happens is that i teach it locally here it's like some some dentists will call me up and say hey i hear you do all these reconstructions can you teach me and they'll come over and they'll watch me do certain things i'll give them a you know step by step list i mean i'll say this is the part that you use this is how you do it this 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 and then they start restoring a case and they start calling me and and they say well this is not working and and I go through the literally the manual or the list that I've gave, given them saying okay here where's your list here it is All right tell me which step you got stuck in here I said well did you do this he's like well no I didn't I kind of skipped that <laughs> and then, and then well why did you skip that I said well you know I just I had I had a hygiene check I had to do so I just tell my I just told my assistant to do it and I was like no you see if you follow it step by step i make it so that it's 100% foolproof i mean you can't screw up if you can do if you can make dentures if you can res- if you can make dentures right. on a dentulous patient and you can thread floss yeah from implant to implant yes. and you know how to take impressions cool. you can do these cases it's not that difficult if you follow a very very specific step by step not complicated easy but step by step technique that i've come up with i mean i didn't come up sure. with this stuff i was taught this okay. stuff i didn't come up with these things uh if you follow the step by step you will not fail 
but people skip steps. <laughs> I don't know why. It's just I think drives so. me insane. But if, if you don't skip steps, I can teach it in one day. I can teach start to finish in one day. I, I, I would even have like hands-on stuff, you know, saying, okay, everybody hook this up, do it this way. Now make the custom train. Now we're going to do this. Now you're going to take the impression. Now you know how to do it. You see, I mean, it's just, I, I could do it. It's All I need is just one day to teach somebody. But it's just, it's funny how people don't, people sure. kind of skip well, steps. Uh, I don't know. And, at least I'm so, talking about myself, you know. Um, I want to learn. I do, as I said, some general basic implants, nothing dramatic. Um, so maybe, I'm sure there are patients, no, not patients, but there are dentists, just like me, young dentists, who would love to learn that. You know, especially if in a day or maybe two days, I think people like me would love to come. Yeah, I, the 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 clinical the clinical stuff, how to do it, uh, I can literally Great. teach it in a day. It's it's really uh, I know it. Everybody, people, you know, the young dentists see this and they go, "Oh my god, that is so complicated." You know, Doctor so Clive, uh, I think we should and do we should do this. It, it's um, I could be your guinea pig. I would. fly to Raleigh you <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to fly I would to come in I would learn from you <laughs> I mean, in a day or two you know, and then you know we uh-huh. just post pictures on uh, you know your Facebook group that's it um, yeah and yeah, you know we would work together sure. and I'm sure there would be like tens of people you know I think this is what it is um, when there's young dentists I've seen some young dentists who are doing better than me some people are not even doing implants uh, if i'm doing some um, and so on there's a whole range of people but there is not a whole range of mentors uh, who could so confidently teach and in a good way i believe there would be people uh, who would follow after we do this initial i don't know uh, initial setup for two days and we'll just start posting pictures online instagram and you know Oh, I'm sure people would just fall in the line. That's my opinion. I, you know, if if you if you want to spearhead this thing of teaching it, uh, I'm I'm for it. Uh, I'm not exactly sure. Uh, I'm not exactly sure in what capacity, but but if you want to do it, I'm good. You know, if you want to fly over here and you actually don't. I mean, the thing is, if you're teaching a room full of people, is different than if you're teaching. One is One enough. Person. I think. I think you know, if, that's how we. Yeah. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, uh, what I'm saying is, if I, uh, you don't have to fly out here. I, I can send you information. I can send you pictures. I mean, but if you want to come out here and you even attend a clinic, you know, like sure. my practice one day, and I, I can show you how how it's all done. It's it's not rocket science. Uh, I'm not saying it's easy, but it's not. If you follow the step by step and you don't skip anything, sure. basically it's, it's like a domino effect. You know what I mean? If, if you if you if you skip one, everything after that becomes bad. If you follow it exactly step sure. by step, don't I skip think, anything. It becomes predictable. It's like sure. making a denture, really. I so think I'm I'm really, really up for it. So it it's, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick you up someday. Hey, doctor, doctor P, I'm here. Yeah. You cool? Me too. <laughs> no, I'm gonna tell you before I come. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, no. You just, well, obviously, I would want you to tell me because yes. some days I just don't do those things. Some days it's funny, my because I'm still kind of what we call as general dentist. I mean, I'm, I'm not I'm not legally a prosthodontist, yes. so 
So uh, some days I just do a bunch of fillings. You know, I just don't see any implants. So it's really sure, kind sure. of funky how no, it goes. Um, that's why, you know, when I do, uh, for me, my office, I've kept Wednesday off. Uh, and I do only implants or basic implants, right. as I said. Or I go to my other friends' offices if I have to do any implants in their offices. So I kept one day off in the middle of the week oh. so that uh, there's there's a lot that needs to be done, you know, uh, on the administrative side, on, on you know, you know more than anybody else. So, right. But no, I mean, the, I mean, the fact that you take uh, one day off what? is really good. Yes. Uh, do, you, do you work I on work Fridays? On Monday through Saturday. To oh. be honest. I'm working tomorrow too. So, right, so you're well, you're I have to like crazy. You know, it's a new you're office, as I said. I'm trying to, you know, set up the office. You know, in a in a way, in the, set up a culture. And regarding the culture, I really read this um, or listened to this Audible book. I'm sure you know, Delivering Happiness. Uh, yeah. So. Oh yeah. So yeah, Tony Shea. Um, I love that book. Um, I didn't expect it to be that great, but it was. It was good. Um, well, that brings us to the next question. By the way, uh, the most gifted book uh-huh. you have ever given, if any, or at least recommended. Uh, Lynchpin is a really good one. Mm-hmm. Lynchpin is a. Uh, that's one of my favorite books, and I've actually given that to many, many people. And I think, you know, from a practice, uh, from a pra- practice perspective, that that might help. I mean, not practice, but as much as business uh, perspective. All right. Linchpin is a, and it, that, that book's about four or five years old, but that's probably one I'm of my sure. favorite. Books uh, of even all delivering time. happiness, we were just discussing, is pretty old. Like it was in two thousand three or four, something like that. If I, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. So, Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, I read that book yeah, many years ago. So, I mean, there's so <laughs> many good books. Oh my gosh, there's so many of them up there. I mean, right now I'm reading something called Traction, and that's just unbelievably good. Oh my gosh, Traction is such a good book. But uh, Lynchpin is the one that really, really helped me kind of start understanding what gotcha. I wanted to be, basically. So, it's. Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Good. Um, <laughs> so. So, next question. Um, sure. When you think of a person being successful, who first comes to your mind? Mm-hmm. Successful person that comes to my mind. It doesn't have to be necessarily in, in dentistry, but... Yeah, I know so many successful people. Our president is very <laughs> successful. Obviously, he knows what he's doing. But I mean, he knows. You know, he knows. I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say I like him as much as I know. He's very successful right. in getting what he wants. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, although I'm not necessarily uh, the guy. Um, he's not necessarily a guy I look up to, but he's certainly successful. Um, you may well not want to quote me on no, that no. one before I, I get in trouble here in Chapel Hill. <laughs> hmm. A very successful person. Very successful person. Who are some of the richest people in the world? Let me well, let me just. If you have uh, to literally Google think. it, then that person doesn't come into your mind. Uh, yeah. It could be hmm. anything. It could be anybody. Uh, you know, 
um, it could be somewhere in the family, you know, it could be someone you really in the past have found to be successful just because he or she got not only money, but a family life, or it could be anything what I'm saying. I am. All right. So the most successful person that I know is probably my, hmm, that's a stumper, <laughs> man. That's a, that, that one stumps Don't me. Don't worry. We can always uh, that go one. at our own pace to edit it. Think of, like, if I wanted to be successful, like a very, like a very successful person, if I had to pick one, I'd probably pick okay. Richard Branson. If I, ha- if I wanted to be a billionaire, I would because want to be like him. of the fun he has or or the trouble he's gone through? Well, he's kind of, <laughs> yeah, because of the trouble, but he's kind of a hustler, but at the same time, he's elegant. I don't know. I, I If I had to pick, a you know, like a super, super billionaire, that's, that if I had to pick one, but not, not that I've ever listened to anything right. that he's ever said, but you know what I mean? But, um, okay. Um, if I had to, if I had to pick like some big billion, oh no, I'd probably pick Seth Godin. He's the guy who oh, actually okay. wrote. Lynch I don't know. Okay. So Seth yeah. Godin. Yeah, he's yeah. Seth Godin is another yeah. masterpiece, I should say. His 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 concepts are tough. Yeah, and tough. he. Yeah. Well, I don't see him as tough. I see him as relevant, to be honest. I mean, he, he's the one that wrote okay. Lynchpin, basically. So, okay. so um, the thing about that, that book is it's really just about not, is being indispensable, meaning you cannot be replaced right. easily. You see, and that's, that's, and that's one of the problems in dentistry nowadays. Insurance companies are trying very, very hard to make us all the same so that we are replaceable. We are sure. cogs, basically. And he says, if you're if you're a linchpin, you're not a cog, meaning you cannot be easily replaced. And that's the kind of practice that I've been working on building, basically. But on a side that, note, that's what um, I'm doing. Um, yeah, I think um, Dr. Glassman. I know Dr. Glassman. He at one time, yes, Barry Glassman. Uh, he at one time had mm-hmm. his practice based on sleep apnea, pretty much. Am I right? Okay. Uh, Um, yeah, I think but so. my understanding is this if you're looking up in a longer who run, I have for the next episode, if you are making a practice so specialized, POG, you become indispensable on iPhone, Android, on a business aspect of it. Do right. you think it would be website, almost impossible to sell away? Is rightly called after as you retire or about to retire. If you are interested in being a part of our amazing group, and so, join us on well, Facebook I mean, so that, that, com, that question comes to your exit strategy. I'll see you there. Right. Best wishes uh, from and, Dingra. And so, I mean, that that is a good question. That That is a good question. But it's also, I mean, it, but it's also a question of do you love what you do? Right. Or is it just about selling it? And so... Like the way I practice right now, I have people come see me from three, four hours away. They drive uh-huh. three to four hours to come see me, right? Which is which is wonderful. But yes, uh, you know, I did hire an associate recently, and a lot of people don't want to see her. 
And it's been a pretty big challenge, actually. We've been fighting this because people want to see, quote, the linchpin. Yes. And and so, so I get it, but... I think the old the old way of practicing, not the old way, the the traditional way of practicing, where the, there's a master and an apprentice. Right. There's always two, basically. It's kind of like you know the Force or something, you know, in Star Wars. There's, yes. there's always a master and an apprentice. Yes. You know, the master basically eventually retires, and the apprentice becomes the master, and and that master and that master be- hires an apprentice. Exactly. So you kind of do it this way. It's it's a it's a it's it's a beautiful model which is very difficult to do nowadays, but I think that can be done. And a lot of Panky Institute dentists, which I subscribe to, yes. do this. And and that's the model I'm trying to build. So it's, you don't do it. So you say, I mean, yes, can you sell your practice? Of course you can, but it's not in the traditional way. You don't just list it with some marketing guy who lists it saying, oh, these are, the, how, how, you know, these are all the hygiene patients they have. This is how much money they yes. bring. This is how much it's worth. No, you bring on an associate with the with the with the expectation they're going to take over the practice one day, and they slowly buy in, and you slowly buy in, you slowly walk out basically. So the master leaves, and the apprentice takes over. It takes you know five or six years before that happens, or maybe sure. even longer. So yes, it can be it can happen that way, and that is my exit strategy. But you don't. But if you're building like a McDonald's model, yeah, you want to build it up, make it really really busy, and then sell it. Yes. And if you want to build that kind of a model, then then yes. And what I'm saying is the linchpin is not a good model for you because, but that's just a, a money model, and I don't do that. So that's just my take on it. That's just my my choice. Sure, sure. Yep. Good yep. question, though. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That's okay. I'm from hey, you need to stop calling me sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So. Um, what do people never ask you that you wish they did? Now, when you're talking about people, which people are you talking about? I mean, there's there's family, there's friends, there's patients. It's a, it's there's other dentists. And what? Which? I mean, that that is a very broad question. Let's keep it uh, for dentists because you know this podcast is for dentistry. So, and. Um, Let's keep it for the dentist. What question so would I what want, do, which I want people to ask me that they never do? Hmm. You, you're just coming up with all these stumping questions, Banks. This is very interesting, man. It's just... <laughs> just um, to be honest, uh, they're not my own questions. I'm uh, inspired from Jim Ferriss. Oh, what would I want other dentists to ask me? Maybe I think maybe about mm. uh, just to help you out. I would say maybe about it, it's not that difficult to learn the prosthetic part of it, but you should follow up each step religiously, and you'll have a successful prosthesis or something. And so, so when it comes to podcasting, so when, when it comes to clinical, yeah, when it comes to clinical. Yes, uh, it, just, when it comes yes. to just clinical stuff, yes, it would be great if people are humble enough, saying, "Hey, Bilal, let me. Can you help me with this case? I, I really need. I could. I could use some help." And sure, because I did. I 
I did that to my mentor many years ago. I was not afraid to ask him, even though it's humbling to look at another dentist and, and yes. say that. And when I did that to my mentor, he bent over backwards to help me. It was it was like his pleasure to do it. And occasionally, and occasionally right. over here in, in Raleigh and North, you know, in Chapel Hill and Durham and this area right here, when people call me saying, you know, I heard you know what you're doing regarding these cases. I've restored a few stuff like this, but, you know, I have a few kind of questions. Do you think you can meet with me and stuff like that? I can tell from their voice that they're kind of embarrassed to ask because us dentists were kind of embarrassed. <laughs> and my usual answer is absolutely. You tell me the time and place. I will do whatever I can to be there to help you. And so, and, and I make sure I don't, you know, I'm not trying to belittle them. I try very hard. It's like when people ask me questions about how to do stuff or how to fix things, I just do anything I can, just like my mentor did to me. He just, he bent over backwards. He came to my practice during his business hours to observe me practicing, talking to my patients just so he can help me. And I mean, and it, so sometimes you just have to ask and not be afraid and knowing that, you know, I, I am very, very, very good at prosthodontic reconstructions, but if I were to yes. define, if somebody were to say, Bilal, you have to do a root canal tomorrow, I'd shiver in my shoes, okay? Because I haven't done a root canal in 12 years. <laughs> so just so you know, even though I might know one thing very, very well, does not mean I know anything, everything very well. So I have plenty of weaknesses myself. Right. And so, so, so asking for help, anything is, is great. But unfortunately, people don't ask it because everybody's kind of afraid and, and shy, I suppose. Or they're they have an ego right, issue right. and thinking that they know how to do it, and uh, and, and so yes. I wish I guess I, when it comes to clinical, I wish people would ask me more, um, would ask me more about how I do what I do, and I'll be glad to teach it. I'm just I don't I have no second agenda. I just want patients to be taken care of, you know. Yeah, like I said, it, it it is it's something I have considered doing as part of this whole podcasting teaching stuff. But again, right now in my life, uh, I'm I'm just so busy doing other stuff that, and I'm so happy with the way my practice is going. So you know, if if somebody were to call me tomorrow and say, "Hey, we want you to come out," you know, in in two months and teach a a day-long hands-on course or something like that, I, I could do that. But I'm not going to sit there and market it and advertise it. It's, it's, I'm, I'm not yeah. doing it. I wouldn't do it for the money. I, you, know, I, you know, there's got to be some compensation, I suppose, but, but I'm not doing it for the money. I, I'm, I've got money. I'm doing just fine. I'm happy. You know, <laughs> so uh, I could, and and if you ever yes, want to fly yes. down here, you're welcome to do that, Panks. Anytime. I don't. I don't. You just, Great. Thank you. Just Thank just you. tell me when, and I'll try to change my schedule around to make sure that my patients they are there where you can actually see what's yes. happening. So I mean, it's sure. when you see it happening, sure. when you see the clinical side of it, you understand much better. Yeah. It's much more better. fun too. Agreed. It is. It is. No doubt about it. Um, I remember when I was, um, uh, I don't know if you know, but I'm right. basically from India and um, uh, I was assisting a surgeon who was, uh, you know, a principal or head of the department at that time. And I was just a simple 
you know, intern or resident, you know, the first year resident. And I used to assist him to do all kinds of cases. I've done trauma cases assisting. I've done uh, carcinoma, squamosal carcinoma, cleft mm. lips, palate, um, orthognathic surgeries. Um, uh, I think it all depends on having a good mentor and someone sure. who's willing to teach. Uh, and I think I see that in you. Um, and I'm sure there would be some someone, some people willing to spend time and money to just come and see you and learn learn your skill. And, uh, you know, on a side note, uh, you would probably find one of the associates uh, who could actually buy your practice and or your exit strategy, helps in your exit strategy in the long run. Yeah, you know, um, <laughs> ma- you know maybe, maybe so. Um, you know, when it comes to teaching, though, it's, it's, uh, I just kind of, kind of in a way give it away it's it's uh i don't know um i don't really have a, a huge second agenda you know sure, uh, sure. so it's sure. like and, and i know it, it sounds very simplistic when i say you know you can learn all the stuff in about a day and, and well no, no but you can I learn all that you can learn all the important stuff what what to do what not to do and you can but you don't need to you don't need to go to amazingly expensive courses around the country to do it. You, you really you really don't. And that's kind of undermining a lot of these courses because a lot of these course pe- people that do hold, hold these courses have second agenda because that's their teaching. That, that's, that's their income, basically. And I don't, I don't really have that. It's, to me, it's, hey, I've learned something. I'm teaching my craft. So that, that's, all, that's all it is. So... Maybe I'm maybe I'm just being old fashioned, but I don't know. But it's uh, oh. so um, that's fine. I think um, um, uh, you're enjoying what you're doing, and that matters the most. Yeah, I love I love what I do, and I love the the thank you that I get from my patients, and that's that's the big. I mean, I'm serious. That's that's <laughs> one of the biggest reasons why I do what I do. Sure, sure. Now, um, I do see that you go to quite a bit of missions outside. Sure. Uh, United States. Uh, where do you go, and what makes you go to all these um, okay. missions? And you know, what is the what is the thought process behind uh, doing something like and that? So, uh, when I first graduated from dental school, uh, I, I did two years of hospital dentistry. I did two GPRs in a row, basically. Well. A one year in New okay. York City in Montefiore Medical Center, and then I wanted to I wanted to become a hospital dentist, full time hospital dentist, and then I did my second year at in Hartford, actually not too far from you. <clears throat> I did it yes, in yes. Uh, St. Francis Hospital over there. Great, great bunch of doctors okay. over there. I loved them. And then uh, by the end of the second year, I was kind of burned out, but it wasn't necessarily burned out. I was burned out with hospital politics, and I'm a pretty yes. independent guy, and uh, and this. So I decided I don't want to do hospital dentistry anymore. I thought my two years were wasted. That's when I came back to North Carolina, did my prosthodontics fellowship, and I felt like my those two years are gone. About 10 years ago, a plastic surgeon here uh, was giving a presentation about cleft lips and palates, and he said, hey, you know, uh, I go to Palestine, I do these things over there. And in the middle of the presentation, I raised my hand. I said, you know, cleft lips and palates are far more than just lips you know it's, it's the lips that you see but it's the palate it's the conversation it's the speech it's the it's the breathing it's the ear tubes it's just growth pal- I mean, palatal growth 
so much to it. Sure. And uh, I said, right. and you know, I'm a dentist. I don't understand. I mean, it doesn't end with this cleft palate. How, don't you like need dentists and stuff like that to help you? He says, yeah, I just can't seem to find any dentists that will go with me to Palestine to, to do these things. And I was like, I raised my hand okay. again. I said, I'll go with you. <laughs> so, and so I traveled <laughs> with him two or three times. And then I met the CEO of this organization that was flying people. It's called the Palestine Children's Relief Fund. And it's basically just for children. And I met him, and he's an American guy from Ohio, nice guy. And uh, and he's a friend of mine now. And so I asked him, I said, hey, I've been thinking about doing dental missions. Would you support that? He's like, sure, I would. He's like, I know you now. I know you don't have a second agenda. Sure. And so I started doing mission work over there. So basically what I do is I go to I go to the West Bank and uh, yes. and I go to the OR and we take these special needs children, clefts and um, okay. autistic kids and cerebral palsy um, all kinds of medical conditions. I mean, I don't know what else. Um, oh, mental retardation, yeah. just all kinds of stuff that don't sit in the dental chair. We take them and take them to the operating room and fix their teeth uh, all in one shot. And all the stuff that we had learned in my general, you know, in my GPR training. And that's what I do. So basically, when I'm there, I don't do anything that I do over here. And when I'm here, I don't do anything that I do over there. It's like Bilal has two different personalities, you know. And the funny thing over there, all the doctors and the dentists that help me out over there think I do all that over here. And here, over here, think I do <laughs> like implant reconstructions in Palestine. It's like <laughs> yes. I try to explain to them saying, nope, I don't do any of this over there and I don't do any of that over here. It's it's completely opposite, basically. Sure. And so why, right, why do right. I do it is because I've been given a gift and I've been given a responsibility. I speak the language. I have the training, and I'm not afraid of going into a place called Palestine. A lot of people think it's some kind of a war zone, and it's not. And hospitals don't scare me. Arabs don't scare me. Arabic language around me don't scare me. I love the food. I love yeah. the people. They're extremely generous and kind. And so that, that's why I do it. Um, and I feel like an obligation. You know, If I don't sure. go, I miss it. Like right now, I really, really miss it. You know, and I'm... Why do it? Because it's I'm obligated to. I've been given a gift that I have to do it. So that's kind of why. Okay, sounds um, sounds fun. Um, it reminds me of, as I said, uh, my days when I was doing. Um, I was just an assistant um, doing hospital-based dentistry, uh, doing cleft lip palates, whatever. Uh, but yeah, uh, we had a smile train uh, mm-hmm. as part of the group. Uh, who was sponsoring all the clefts uh, in that in that hospital you I was working at? So, right, Smile Train I is a great I'm, organization. Uh, the yeah. only thing I worry about Smile Train is they don't, from what I understood, and I'm not going to belittle this from what I've seen. Okay, because Smile Train used to go to Palestine all the time. I don't think they go anymore because okay. they come in and do just the lips, and then they would just and they were gone. And they're gone. Okay, and <laughs> and and so it worked for them because suddenly they, they take all these beautiful before and after pictures of the kid with a, you know, looks like a little monster with a cut in his face, basically, and suddenly it's all closed and he looked beautiful, basically. Clefts are yeah. so much more complicated than that, and there is not a whole lot of follow up. But maybe they would have had follow up if they if I was working with them or other doctors and you know ENTs and speech pathologists and all this other stuff. 
And uh, sure. the plastic surgeon that I used to travel with, he connected, he corrected all this stuff. He connected speech pathologists with psychologists, with dentists, with ENTs. He connected everyone with oral surgeons. He connected everybody together. So he created these systems that there's a society now over there called the you know Palestine Cleft Society. And right. so everybody's kind of working together. Before him, there was no such thing. Okay. And so Smile Train wasn't able to do this. And so Smile Train doesn't really go to Palestine anymore because there's such a strong support over there now. Right. And and this all happened in the last ten years. I mean, this this surgeon was brilliant. So Right, right. Um, sure. But Smile I mean, Smile Train is a good organization. I'm not here to say it. I'm not gonna say anything bad about them, obviously. Uh, it's just we there's there's more to clefts than just closing lips, basically. And and and, and uh, sure, it gets complicated. Sure. I understand. Yeah. Um I think it it'll get political pretty quick so let's leave it here. We don't <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, no, no, yeah, not, we wanted to uh, you know that us enjoy have fun and uh, get to know you that's all. Yeah. Um sure. We can talk separately when we meet. <laughs> all right, we can talk politically, yeah. right? Yeah. Right. So we don't want to make it uh, political <laughs> here. Sure, sure, I know. So, I get it. I get it. Now um i know we've been talking a lot about here and there but um for your journey in podcasting until now for the last few years what do you think you've learned the most in your journey of podcasting well with podcasting um i've learned to i think listen okay. better because i mean my interview skills have gotten better but you you learn to listen without judgment and i thought i was good at it until until i started podcasting because you know so, you know some of the people i interviewed were people i okay. disagreed with mm-hmm. in some ways um like dr mark cooper he's all about he does, he does not like small time practices like mine he's all about right. corporate control because dentists should be because dentists don't know about enough about business so they should they should be under management control for efficiency and blah 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 but you know I didn't agree with him but I interviewed him and I heard the you know and and I learned a lot about what he said basically us dentists need to learn more about business and management and stuff like that mm-hmm. and we don't I mean obviously we know that but you learn it at a different level when when you hear it from somebody who's such a strong businessman Um I interviewed about a year ago I interviewed a, a dentist who is a very very holistic dentist. He's he calls himself a biologic dentist. He's in okay. Virginia someplace. And you know I'm I'm a pretty fairly traditional dentist, but but interviewing him without judgment was was interesting. And I can honestly, you know, in the interview you can actually hear me saying, "Well, I'm not sure if I agree <laughs> with that, but I respect your opinion." Is what I but I would respect and it's perfectly okay for two people to disagree and right. still respect each other and uh and in some ways i even told him saying by the way from some of the stuff that you're saying i have seen some correlation from what you're saying to what's real because i have patients who go through these things and 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 and, and ironically i have referred him patients who want to be seen by a quote or you know holistic uh biologic dentist i've actually referred okay. him patients is not funny even though i disagree with him and so this is one of the great things that happens when you talk with people and when you have these conversations of non-judgment and you enjoy each other's conversation 
and you shake hands and everybody's happy you know it's uh and and, and this and that's a tough one that that's uh that's that's an interesting thing to to learn from podcasts okay. yeah that's that's tough um i think i have to learn that too <laughs> i'm not uh, such a good listener uh, my wife certainly believes so uh, <laughs> I, i think you're doing just well <laughs> Uh, my wife says the same thing, uh, but my patients think I'm a fantastic listener, even e- including my team members at work. So, uh, oh, my wife doesn't say anything, so I understand. <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I think we all, you know, I don't, I, okay, yes. we should stop right there yes. before I say something that's going to give me trouble. With my wife, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so. great. So, yeah. um, do you have anything? you want to say to your audience anything specific about um dentistry podcasting life in general or whatever you may feel like i mean when it comes to um podcasting i say you know what podcasting is literally the future of all media okay. from now on and i don't mean just voice podcasting right now. So what's happening is video podcasting yes. is going to be next, which is much sure. more complicated. But that's going to be next. And and podcasting is basically uh a a basically it's uh it's on demand sure. entertainment. Okay? And that that's what podcasting really is. It's on demand topics. That's that's what you're learning. And so if you're not into podcasting right now, <laughs> you need to be and i don't mean just being not not i don't mean doing podcasting or recording right. i mean listening to podcasts and and i tell people all the time if you're not listening if you don't know what podcasting and you are missing you're missing everything it's like 20 years ago when the internet was first going and everybody was just on yeah. america online and everybody thought every the entire world existed on america online and the yeah. world wide web came in and nobody ever watched nobody went on the world wide web and i said you do, you're missing the boat you need to get on the internet you're missing the boat and podcasting if you're not listening to podcasts right now you're missing the boat so that that's all i can tell right. you um, regarding that i'm trying to you know uh, since i'm into podcasting and listen to uh, i know among all my right. friends i think i know only one friend who listens to podcasts yes. regularly i mean uh, there's there's so right. much more i mean for me um, i think podcasting has kind of changed in a way that now I do not listen to podcasts all the time because now I have gone gotten into right. getting some uh, audible stuff you know I'm listening to audible some good great books which have been mentioned again by some yes, podcasters like uh, you uh, Jonathan Van Horn he did it in the last week episode and um I and I made actually um if you go on my website it says podcastofdentistry.com uh i'm going to, and mm-hmm. if you say podcastofdentistry.com/books i actually uh have 25 or such books which are uh, recommended by dentists or business people or or the podcasters so so it's it's a great mm-hmm. compilation of and everything is connected to audible so you know if somebody is interested to go through the list it just click the link and it goes right there so um right so that's another thing about uh I've moved from a little bit from podcasting to uh, real audible books because 
now I need a much stronger foundation, I should say, uh, because I've gotten a gist of things from all the podcasters, you know, here and there. It's, yeah, I mean, and it's, it, I listen to Audible okay. like crazy, which is one of the you reasons know, why I, I don't listen to, stop to you. Like I have you said, to really podcasts as much. So. You get up in the morning at 4.30, you go for the run, you go for the, the cycling, uh-huh. and you go for the swimming, <laughs> you work uh, until 5.30, 6 o'clock for the rest of the evening, and then yeah. you obviously spend time with your family and, you know, sleep by 9. Where is the time? Where is your time? Where, yeah, in in the car. That's a good question. In the car. Because my commute okay. is about 40 minutes. Okay. Okay. Good question. See, you, see, you, you, you tried to stop no. me with that one too. Sorry. <laughs> okay. No, it's in the car because okay. my commute so is about 40 minutes. You get 40 minutes, minutes up, and, up and down each. Uh, so you get, you know. Um, yeah. So about a yeah. little over an hour each way. I mean, obviously, a good 20 minutes of that is usually me calling my mom, sure. my wife. Um, kind of plan for the day and all this other stuff that's happening, but um, but you know, I call some. Sometimes I call my patients. A lot of times, my patients <laughs> want to talk to me. I'm, I'm serious. Uh, I, I I never refuse okay. a phone call from patients, no matter okay. how annoying they may be. That's um. And, um, and so, so a lot of times, my you know my my uh, my patient care coordinator will actually uh, write the note saying, "Okay, he will call you today, okay. probably on the way home." Okay from work at 30 or something so and that's yeah. uh and i'll call them and they're always very very thankful and i've seen that actually i've a lot of time when i yes. when i do that they they i they follow my treatment plans when they have questions sure. it, it works i know it sounds crazy but it works it works for well, me i think um so. no, this is this is um uh, i was reading something on dental town about um i forgot the name of the dentist um He's a general dentist but specializes in oral surgery. And he actually started calling the patients the next day. Um, and he did not mention anything about the reviews online. But after he's called the next day, this is what he used to do. Somebody from the staff member would call them or send me a, send him a text, I mean the patient a text, uh, how was your visit mm-hmm. for, for the office? Like, And they would immediately write right. a positive review online. So, yeah, so it's a little hmm. trick, but, um, yeah. That's a good one. I mean, I um, my Google reviews are pretty good right now. I have like 55, maybe 60. I don't even know how many I have now. But um, I'm not sure if any of them have. I mean, some of them may have come from me calling my patients because I don't call every single one of my patients. But if I do any extractions, anything of relative significance, I call them. Right. Some people call them for everything, but. I don't. Well, I think um, that's what I have. I have in the past many times annoyed some <laughs> patients by calling them, so I don't know. Well, I think um, maybe I, maybe that's I should where revisit the that. So. again, uh, saying that oh, you have a general dentist doing very few patients a day, so you can afford to, you know, call. You see, what I'm saying. Um, sure. But not everybody is as lucky <laughs> with less number of patients. But I think when you're when you're recently starting up a new office. Um, you you don't have enough, like, I started my office from scratch. So uh, now I have right. 41 views. And, yeah, so I think... That's uh, very good. Uh, I've worked really hard uh, 
calling my patients you know maybe i don't call all the patients maybe i don't call every day but i have taken phone calls during the day when i'm waiting for my other patients to come in take x-rays and so on but i think it's a good way i did that for a couple of days and uh, patients were very very happy about it so mm-hmm. well i like like i said i mean i i call i call anything that involves any kind of sure. significance but I mean, if someone's coming to see me in the middle of me doing one of these reconstructions when i'm trying an yeah. adventure or something like that i don't yeah. i don't call them for that um but if i'm preparing you know eight nine teeth or even one or two sure. crowns at the same time if it involves anesthetics and drilling and occlusion and stuff like that i'll call those but but i don't call sure. every single one sure. of my patients um but maybe I should revisit that. I mean, I should revisit and think about that a little bit, you know. What is your productivity hack? Or what do you think, how do you think you manage whatever you manage, whether it's clinical dentistry? How do you balance the life? Like whether you're doing podcasting, whether you're doing life, whether you're doing mission trips, whether you're doing clinical dentistry, what brings in the balance and how are you able to do it so my personal opinion there the whole work life balance thing is a complete myth that's it's, it's it's never it's never like that it's um you see you go to the panky institute and i've gone through the entire sure. curriculum over there there's work you know work, uh, work play love worship there's a whole balance it's called the cross of life but even those guys say you know you want you want to be in balance but they say but knowing that you will never be 100% in balance it'll always that little point will always float around someplace because at different times in your life you'll ha- you'll have different uh, focuses <clears throat> excuse me and so th- th- you'll have different focuses and so you just have to focus on whatever whatever you need at that time and the my issue is not necessarily uh, balancing as much as not introducing new things. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you're anything like me, but it seems like whenever I introduce new things into my life, right. it always takes four times as long as and three times as more expensive than I thought. And 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 I try to keep that in mind. And so, in the last uh, two years, I've really introduced nothing new to my life. Okay. Um, into my priorities. Um, other than a motorcycle, which I don't ride very often. Okay, uh, that's kind of a one hour every three weeks kind of. I just go out riding my motorcycle. I enjoy the wind blowing through my hair, but that's about sure, it, you know. Sure. But but no other projects, no other things. And last year at the Voices of Dentistry meeting, I outlined it, saying, you know, wife or wife and kids, family, basically, family, practice missions, triathlons, podcasts. It flows in that order. And I've got five things on my plate at all sure. times. And no more. <laughs> yeah, you see, and, and so, and and that's why when you say, you know, I should go out presentation and teaching and stuff like that, it's not because I don't want to. Oh, trust me, I sure. want to. But I've learned that I I'm really good at overwhelming myself. It's always... Four times it takes four times as long 
and three times as expensive is what I've noticed. So that's why you kind of learn from that. And don't get me wrong, my wife, even my wife will, sell, will, will say things. So hold on, is this a new project for you? Are you <laughs> trying to do something? Uh, I was like, oh, I guess it is. Huh? She's like, yes, honey, we have people that can do that. You know, it's if you want to repaint the house, we have people that can do that. You don't have to do it. And if you want to fix the deck, I can get people to do that. You don't have to do it. It's just it's all these projects that, that I need to yeah. stop. And I've gotten better at it. So, but to do that, the hack is to list the four or five things that you you that you love right. to do, and keep focusing on that. Keep focusing on that, and then you re and you rely on your people right. around you. Now, um, when do you think? Um, uh, when do you think you're ready to introduce a new project, if at all? You know, I have not figured that out yet. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. Because right now I've got so many things on my plate. I, I don't want to inc introduce a, right. a new project. You know, and when do you think? Um, when I feel like... So let's say if my practice, if I set up the systems so beautifully and it becomes absolute sure. perfection, but I know I need two hours a week or three hours a week on management of my practice because I've delegated everything else to the team and they're all reporting correctly. They're, everything's going the way I, I want them where I have more time to, to to dedicate to something else, at that point, maybe I will. But right now, I'm just not feeling gotcha. comfortable enough gotcha. in it to to be able to pick up new projects. And once once I achieve you know virtual perfection in one, then I'll start working on the virtual perfection in the other. And then I'll start working on the virtual perfection of the third. And then once everything's humming and I actually find time on my, on my side, then maybe I will. But, but right now, I... Dr. Bilal Saib, seems like this will be a good place to wrap things up for our listeners. Would you like to get a really small email a couple times a month to see what hashtag POD is up to? What are we reading? What are we listening to? What are we doing? What's stupid, funny, entertaining, and some weird stuff that we've gotten ourselves into? Then go to podcastsofdentistry.com slash extra E-X-T-R-A That's right podcastsofdentistry.com slash extra and you will get a really small email from us to give you that little extra kick and keep you busy exploring the world we travel. You can also find us on Facebook at podcastsofdentistry.com slash Facebook. Thank you for listening. Hashtag POD and I'll see you inside.